dating app rating scale. Wait, what? <laughs> you want to talk about that. I know. I can't remember what my theory was. Um, you're someone else's oh, 10. Oh, someone right, else's, right, right. you're 10. That's the, yeah, yeah. The, the problem York, with New York. Yeah, no one is anybody's first <sighs> choice. And there's just too many Why options. are you wearing that? To signify to everyone that we went skiing. Oh, mm. let me throw my beanie on then. What up, everybody? Welcome back. It's your boy. <laughs> it's your boy, Jesse Zahn. It's your boy. And we're back with another podcast episode of the Rooftop Pod. Me and Rachel are fresh from a day of skiing. On that mountain right there. Oh, yep. is that where you guys are skiing? It's overexposed, so you won't be able to see it. Uh, and no one can hear you talking, Rachel, because you're not talking to oh the mic gosh, per okay. usual. Let me, oh, my <laughs> goodness. Dang. Dang. Oh, dang. dang, boy. But anyways, um, I hope you all had a great day of skiing today. Well, Rachel, not Andrew. I don't know what Andrew's doing. I'm working. <laughs> this is true. Andrew doesn't know how to have fun. Doesn't this know. is true. He doesn't know how to take breaks. Doesn't know how to Actually, enjoy life. He doesn't life. even have fun. He just he just does work. Work <laughs> fills him. Which you know props to you. Red hey, flag. When work is fun, you're already having it's, fun. It's, it's There's no way fun, you though. have fun working for corporate America. Ah, this is not too so bad actually. Kind of time roll, Andrew's gonna be the host today. Wait, wait, wait. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. All right. This I'm spring that on him. Out of your comfort zone. Dang, dude, you you have some deep stuff in here. Yeah, I do. Well, let's not start deep. Yeah, we're going to jump oh, right now. You want to know something crazy? Yeah, what's up? I saw my ex on the mountains oh, today. You yeah. did? Yeah, oh, I did. my goodness. And I said, no yeah. way. You're lying. Yeah, I crazy. said. First time I've seen her in like eight months. <sighs> That's, That's wild, insane, right? actually. Yeah, yeah she I didn't see me, though. See her. Oh, good, good, good. I saw good. her and her sister. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. I no, said, right. what are the odds of that What are the odds? Seriously, none. Very slim. But there are so many mountains out here. I hope she's having fun. Do you? Just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> okay, and with that, that's a that's a great that's a great segue into our topic, of which is what I'm pretty sure we already talked about leaning on depending on siblings after a breakup. Uh, nah, I don't yeah. want to talk about breakup stuff. I'm like oh. not going through that anymore. Yeah. Oh, good, 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 yeah. good. Yeah, over it. Just don't let your mind perseverate on those kind of things. You know. True. Yeah. Well, now I'm looking at all the dating topics. <laughs> I want to. Did you write wanting to be madly in love, or is that Rachel? No. No. Why I, did I write that? <laughs> At the beginning of this semester, I was fully comfortable. I was like, you know what? I would be totally fine being alone forever. Like, genuinely. Like, I honestly I think, think so, yeah. too. Oh, wow. Dang. Yeah, honestly, because when I fall madly in love with someone, I think I wrote that, but I actually yeah. don't want to fall madly in love. Mm. Because when I fall madly in love, I feel like I lose control of myself. Mm. My decision-making skills are not very good when I'm two feet underwater, you know? Mm. Like, I, en I enjoy my independence is what I like. Actually, no. As you get older, you realize the, what you want more and more is stability. Like, when you're young, mm. like, having that roller coaster of emotions is a lot of fun. Is it? But once you get older, it's like you don't want that roller coaster of emotions anymore you want something stable i don't think i ever craved the emotional roller coaster yeah i don't i don't think I ever wanted that either which is probably why i have never been in a relationship well that's because you probably also never experienced it before oh well, that's true yeah you can't miss what you've never had yeah but also was there a turning point slash a moment when you realized yeah when i got out of my last relationship I mean, Wait, I knew I was talking to Rachel, oh, but okay. that is also good to know. Uh, when Rachel was like, I'm okay with being alone forever. Was it like after talking to somebody or was it when you were 
by yourself just living alone and you're like oh this life is very nice honestly so after living with you in Colorado I developed like a lot of independence that summer like I think I finally like I used to be a big baby in that I wouldn't do anything by myself. Mm. Like I needed to do it mm. with someone. And then in Colorado, <laughs> Andrew, is a, Andrew is such a homebody. He I'm would do nothing with me. I yeah, it's I, really and annoying. Every time actually. I would drag okay. him out, wow. every time I would drag him out, he'd just be like Huckle Puffy the entire yeah. time. And oh, I'd be like, okay. okay, you know, you can just say no. And then so he started saying no. And I, I went, ah, shit, I have no one to do things with anymore. And then so I was like, you know what? I'm not going to, I'm not going to let like anyone ruin like me having a good time and I'm just going to do things by myself. And so I did. And I had a wonderful time. I explored so much of Colorado. I saw so many things. I did so many things. And I was like, this is a great life. Like I could honestly see myself doing this for the rest of my life. Like just having adventures by myself. Like obviously I enjoy the company of other people. Like I have Mm. great friends that since they weren't in Colorado, like I couldn't do things with them, but I would love to do that. You know, I, I like the company of other people, but at the same time, like I really value the time that I can spend with myself doing things that I enjoy. I think that's an important skill to learn, learning how to like be by yourself. But I find myself, whenever I spend time alone, I find myself talking to myself out loud a lot. You oh, guys do that? I do that a lot. But I do that in public yeah. and people give me looks. Really? But I feel like I'm pretty comfortable doing that now. There's talking something therapeutic in, about... In- public yeah just like speaking aloud to yourself you might seem like a crazy person but i enjoy a little bit being able to <laughs> you know converse with myself out loud like not really i'm not like yelling at myself i'm just kind of mumbling and talking mm. to myself kind of like a crazy person yeah does, a little bit you know i only do that at home huh? i never do that in public oh you only do that at home yeah. yeah i talk to myself well also another reason why i talk to myself in public is especially if it's like late hours and dark out i'll talk to myself to kind of signal to other people that i'm the crazy one and that you shouldn't come attack me because i'm the one who's the crazy person (laughs) interesting nobody's gonna mess with a crazy person right yeah yeah i don't know that's just one of the thoughts and weird things that i do is uh, i talk to myself maybe i am crazy who knows okay <laughs> like full-on conversations because i'll say words and phrases to myself especially when i'm working out oh, stuff to myself no i'll have like full-on conversations oh, wow. with myself okay. yeah whoa i'll pretend like there's someone else that's there Wait, and i'll really? talk to them wow okay and then sometimes i'll hear voices in my head oh, speaking back <laughs> to okay, me don't <laughs> stop stop telling around. me that i need to overthrow the government or something <laughs> stage a coup Ooh. okay so I saw this one TikTok. You know how on first dates, most guys pay for the meal? Yeah. Yep. Okay. So if on the second date, you want to know whether or not the other person is just there for a free meal or actually in, genuinely like into you, what you can do is go to like the restaurant 20 minutes early, start a tab of drinks for yourself, then text the date like, oh, do you want a drink? Like I can get you an order. I got here early. Mm-hmm. And then they'll... <laughs> They'll tell you a drink, but then you put that drink on a separate tab. So then when they come and they order their food, both of your foods will be on separate tabs. Okay? Yeah. I and saw then, the same video. You saw that video? Yeah. And then and then when the person, when it comes to pay for the meal, they'll bring you two separate checks. And it'll be too weird for the girl to be like, can we merge the check? Like, that's not a thing, right? Right. Yeah. So how, her reaction to getting a separate check or her decision to like go on another date or whatever will be indicative of whether or not she's there just for a free meal 
Do you think mm. that the girl would see that as a red flag? Well, no. I saw the comments and the top comment was, I'd be deeply mistrusting if a guy tried to order me a drink in advance just because oh. of, you know, you can review somebody, oh, you can spike yeah. the drink or something. Oh, I didn't even think about that. I'm just like, yeah, that's definitely a pragmatic thing yeah. that could happen that girls should definitely be wary of mm. right. if that tactic was pulled. Rachel, if that ever happens to you, decline <laughs> the drink. <laughs> and the date. And, <laughs> right. No. No, not the date. Not the date. Yeah. I have been on Hinge for... An entire year now okay and i have been on i think four dates okay in that year mm -hmm. okay. and i think it's because by the time i go out on a date with somebody i think we have enough rapport slash banter that i know enough about the person to seem like the type of person who would or would not just be looking for a free meal mm. so i think i go through like a relatively robust filtration system before asking a girl on a date. Filtering mm. system. Like Filtering, you talk yeah. to them for a while before you... It doesn't even have to be a while, though. It has to be... It can be short, but depending on the vibes of the conversation, I feel like you can pick up. Really? But on the, sa on the same front, like, I will always pay for a first date, no matter what. Um, I, I don't know. That's just the way I operate. Uh, but I think the yeah, signal that's, that's is dating etiquette. Yeah. If the person offers a split, uh, is usually what I look for, or if they say, thank you, that's if about someone it. Someone offers to split. Will you actually split or you, will you be like, okay, no, I'll, no, I'll decline for the okay. first date. What about um, the second date? Second and what date, date do you ex expect the girl to start paying or splitting the bill? I think if they offer the second date, I'll accept to split. And then, cause that would be the signal of whether or not they're just like, oh, I just kind of want to date to get free drinks or free meals. And then if I'm going on a third date with you, I'll probably pay for that date too, because if we're going on a third date, that means I like you and that means I want to spend money on you. Mm. And then I think by like the fourth date, fifth date after that, if we're going on like four to five dates after that, that means we really like each other. And I think at that point it's, I'll get a meal, she gets a meal, we'll split. And things kind of just even out. Um, and I don't really put too much stock slash keep track of who's paying for what. Mm. Cause that's essentially how my first relationship went. I think I paid for the first two or three dates. And then after that, like by the time we went on that many dates, like she'd start covering things, I'd start covering things. and. I don't know. We just didn't really keep track of anything. So in this next segment, we're going to have Rachel look at our Hinge profiles, <laughs> our online dating profiles. Amazing. <laughs> and see what she thinks of it. I don't think I've ever had anyone else look at my profile besides myself. Wait, I've seen it. <laughs> I don't think I've ever had another girl look at my oh. profile. Eh, no, I've had Mina look at it. Yeah. But it'll be good to see what your take is. Um, on just our dating to preface, as as a general thought of mine, I hate all men, uh, so. including us. <laughs> Indeed. <Nice. laughs> so, um, my reaction will probably be just cringe and disgust most of the time. That's what we want. <laughs> oh, is that what we want? <laughs> I have two percent. So, all right, go first then. Make quick. Maybe we'll show this on the screen. No, they're just right gonna have to interpret it. <laughs> all right rachel imagine. also let me know if you think i'm a catfish 
catfish. Wait, catfish? Oh. Wait, I like this one. <laughs> Wait, this one's actually really funny. <laughs> okay, what if I so, told you that I have recurring nightmares about being barefoot in public restrooms? That's disgusting. I have, I have those. Oh my As gosh, that's sure. so strange. Okay, 27, man. That straight. one does well. <laughs> Six foot. Yeah, I like that it's the first one. It's definitely a conversation starter. Um, Starting off strong. Oh, there's me. Okay, you have a lot of pictures with other people. But my first picture is by myself, which is the most important. Yeah, you look very smiley. Actually, I kind of like, okay, based off of your messages, I was really scared to look at this. <laughs> <laughs> okay. This one's questionable. Unusual skills. I shoot people's. Oh, okay. I get it now. Do people. Read it out. Okay. Unusual skills. I shoot people's heads. Mm. I think it's still um, on the screen. It's a double entendre. No, I'm going to. No, it's a it. double entendre. Like, doesn't that have to have because sexual undertones? No. Is it really? I don't think so. I think it just has a double meaning. Oh. Yeah. But well. it's, it, it's, it's, well, the next picture kind of explains because no. I do headshot for <laughs> <No>. <laughs> It doesn't. I, I wouldn't connect those. Oh, okay. Yeah. That's, but that generates curiosity. People are do like. Do people like yeah, respond pe to this prompt? Yeah. People are like, well, what do you mean? Like, are you a serial killer? Like, oh. what do you mean you shoot people in the head? And I tell <laughs> them I'm a, I'm a headshot photographer and I'm an avid Call of Duty player. So. Um, hmm. <laughs> the key to my heart is getting along with my little siblings oh that's cute oh i'm featured on your profile okay out of 10 this is not bad i will say mm. i was really scared to look at this. <laughs> um it's pretty good right yeah it's cute thank you dang thank you <laughs> you uh, have exceeded my expectations <laughs> i'll Jessie. tell you what so you need to have you need to check a few boxes off when you're making your profile first you can't you obviously have to use representative photos of yourself mm. but with the prompts you can do a lot mm -hmm. you want a funny prompt you want a mysterious prompt and you also want a prompt that shows you're a wholesome person with those three um you'll be able to attract any person <laughs> you want because <laughs> anyways enough nice. talking about myself Right. Andrew, you're up I guess next. We're looking at mine. I'd give it like an eight out of ten. Oh, we I should was do pleasantly that. surprised. Oh, thank you. Eight? Wow. Wow. All right, Andrew, you are up next. All right. Um, I don't know why that's your first. Yeah, picture. I don't know why that's your first. Okay. I think it's I like Jesse's because it's, it's very smiley. Yeah, you want like, to have I think an you want a smiling picture. picture. Yeah, and this yeah. one, it just feels a little too overproduced. Mm. Fair. Yeah. fair, fair, fair. Okay, we're the same type of weird. If you also stop to admire Come every out. dog you walk by. Yes. All right, read them. All right, we're the same type of per oh same type of weird. If you also stop to admire every dog you walk by, that's not weird. That's just normal. Yeah. <laughs> it's a Dang. red flag if you don't do that. <laughs> mm. Um. Okay. Five eleven. LOL. <laughs> In I the am morning. <laughs> <sighs> i think you're you're very too reliant on the dog i know i, I started went this profile when during covid because you don't even I, this isn't even I'm you don't even have this dog i know i'm learning how to read <laughs> <laughs> oh man let's make sure we're on the same page about hmm. fmk word hunt eight ball cup pong interesting what 
it's an easy prompt to have people answer and there's also mm. there's no right answer but there's one wrong answer what okay <laughs> you're not killing <laughs> yeah, um, killing what, if, what if i told you that i need at least two pillows to sleep so i can alternate when one gets too hot these okay so yeah <laughs> My submission. But to I guess they're sugar. relatable. Okay, I would put your last photo first. Yeah, your last mm. photo should be first. Yeah, for sure. Um, I liked how Jesse's photos related to his prompts. Mm. I think mm. Jesse's profile is just much more cohesive than yours. Yeah, mine's all I think all I'm just like a place. little confused. I guess like I would see this and I'd go, eh. damn, <laughs> damn. Because there's fair. like not a Yo. lot of personalities shining through here. Like because he has none. Damn, Dang. I'm sorry. I'm just I didn't wait. left and right. I I don't know. But it's, I think my I I think like, my you have profile a is very basic. Sibling photo and you don't talk about the siblings. Mm. Who, who, how are they supposed to know who that is? Why don't you talk about um? But what if I told you that I was a micro influencer? No, 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 no. no definitely not. don't do that. Absolutely not. But like in an ironic way, like put the little zany face after it. No, no. <laughs> I kid, I kid, I kid, I kid. I guess you kind of want your like your hobbies and passions to shine through because I don't know anything about your hobbies and your passions through this profile. Yeah, because I'm like, I don't learn anything about you if Mm. you alternate pillows at night. That's fair. Yeah. Yeah, I'm learning nothing about you Mm. from this. Besides that, you like dogs and literally every person on this planet Yeah, it doesn't prompt me to ask you about things that you do. So it's not like prompting me to get to know you further. (laughs) <laughs> i know yeah like i think i mean he's doing fine so i know like it's yeah. mostly because people I, recognize you from social media right uh, not really when you have clout well, it doesn't really you don't have to work as hard i feel like clever responses are always going to work better that's fair yeah i agree what do you how do you want to be approached just like i just don't want to be approached that's fair rachel's asexual this is most likely true. potentially actually mm. yeah <laughs> all right i have a question for you guys yeah what up were you guys embarrassed of being poor or having not as much as a kid but nowadays you guys are like proud of coming from a less fortunate background we were very fortunate (laughs) all right less than the average of what we were surrounded by Mm, that's true uh I think as a child, I was always like, why is our house so small? Because every time I would go to my friend's house, they would have Mm -hmm. like a much larger house. And I would always ask mom and dad. And mind you, this was when I was like in first grade. So I didn't really understand. I would do this too. Yeah. Yeah. I'd be like, why don't we get a bigger house? We have so many people (laughs) in our house. Yeah. Yeah. And I guess the feeling of being poor or not poor. Okay. So I don't, we were never poor. Mm. Mm -hmm. Now that you, we've moved outside of or learned more about the world. There's no way we can say that we're unfortunate yeah. or less mm-hmm. fortunate in any sense. But growing up in a middle upper class, middle. upper middle class yeah. suburbs or growing up around other friends and peers who relatively were relatively more wealthy than you are mm-hmm. definitely made you feel like you had less. Yeah. Yes. So nowadays, I don't feel like that. I don't feel like we grew mm-hmm. up with we grew up very fortunately yeah. compared to the yeah. rest of right the world i think mom and dad what also contributed to me feeling like we were a little more poor i guess like relatively to the people that we were surrounded by is that mom and dad are also very very frugal so in terms of buying clothes and things like that Mm -hmm. just things that are non-essentials like we would save a lot in those aspects which i 
very much so am grateful now because I think they saved for some much more important things like being mm. able to go back to China and like mm. take family vacations and have that time off together. Yeah. Um, but yeah, in I terms of buying clothes, wore, like, hand-me-downs hand yeah. for, until like high school. I remember like mm, middle school, late middle school till high school. We were both wearing, all three of us were wearing hand-me-downs and yeah. all that. Yeah. And I think the only clothing that I've gotten you is like clothing that I've bought for myself. Mm. Or most of the Wait, time. What? Huh? Of course. Yeah. It, Wait, not what? like mom would buy them for me. Or like it's using my own money that I've worked for. Mm. Okay. Oh. Yeah. I remember as a kid, there was a distinct point where I was like, I no longer want to wear hand-me-downs anymore. Mm-hmm. And I was like, I'd made mom take me to Old Navy and buy me these like graphic tees that I thought were cool. LOL. And mom bought them for me. And I was so proud to wear these graphic tees to shirt the next day. I was like, damn. To school. Yeah, yeah to school the next to day. Shirt. To shirt the next day. I was yeah. so happy and proud to be wearing these like graphic tees to school the next day. And show them off. Just so I could fit in, I feel like. Mm. Now looking back, the hand-me-downs were like... Kind that of we fire. wore. kind of fire that yeah. we wore. There was this one... Mm. Yeah, so there's this I mean, one my story that was with your hand-me-downs. So... <laughs> Okay, so I had this one in kindergarten. I had this, like, Hello Kitty polo shirt. It was, like, this pink Hello Kitty polo shirt. Fire. With, like, this little Hello Kitty emblem on, like, the chest. And I would wear it to kindergarten. And I remember wanting to wear that shirt every single day because the eighth graders at the school and the seventh graders... They loved it when I wore that shirt. They would always come up to me and be like, oh, my God, he's so cute. Look at him in his yellow Hello Kitty shirt. And I was like, wow, this shirt is attracting so much attention. This must be a fire shirt. And so I would tell mom to, like, dress me in that shirt, like, a lot of days of the week because I I loved the attention from that shirt. But then I realized they were probably just making fun of me when I grew up. No, no I think a little a little boy wearing a yeah, Hello yeah, Kitty yeah. shirt. That's no, adorable. it's adorable. Yeah. I think it was I think it was a, a cute thing. But yeah. we were wearing like weird articles of clothing mm-hmm. similar to that up until we realized that we didn't want to stand out anymore and that we wanted to fit in. And mm-hmm. I think this is a common theme of like being a child versus or maturing. Mm-hmm. Like when mm-hmm. you're not um mentally that mature your general thought thought process is to do whatever you can to fit in yeah and to avoid attention attention or negative attention negative attention because i think most attention that kids give to other kids is usually negative you don't really Mm. ever see kids like complimenting other kids for standing out or being different yeah Mm. Yeah. it's always if you look any different it's always negative Mm -hmm. so i think as a kid we're we were always in like being relatively less fortunate when we were kids. We were also trying to fit in by living in a nicer, bigger house as well. Right. It's like, yeah. I remember being embarrassed and not really having my friends over because mm-hmm. I was like, Oh, they might judge me because mm-hmm. our house is smaller. You know? Mm-hmm. Right. I think I felt that way a lot. I never wanted to have my school friends over mm-hmm. at our house, mm-hmm. not because of the size of the house, but how, eclectic and clean and oh yeah 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 but i will say there was a big shift i think midway through high school where i suddenly started inviting my friends over all the time Mm -hmm. because they really liked how cozy our house felt Mm. and that's something i've come to appreciate i think later on past elementary school 
our house yeah. feels lived in versus some of the it's other very houses. Lived in. It's, it's very, very lived in. All the walls are marked with markers <laughs> oh, and crayons. Yeah. Oh, but yeah. A lot our of couches the, are peeling. Our couches are peeling. <laughs> very lived yeah, in. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah. very lived in. But some of the houses that I go to over to my friend's houses, it's very put together. It's very sterile. Like, sterile. Mm. It feels like a hotel room. So, mm. like, the decor is very nice, but it just doesn't have the same warmth that our house mm. gives off. Um, Interesting. Yeah, no, there's definitely a shift. I think after we got Winston and he like peed on the couches several times, I would be worried to invite people over because they would have nowhere nah. to sit because <laughs> the couches were peed on. <laughs> it's very lived in. Our house isn't great for hosting. We host dinner a lot, though. Host we host dinner so many people yeah. over our house, though. But again the vibes of our house are great <laughs> now i think what we've done with it now i think i so we have green carpets Turquoise. Um, yeah yeah and we didn't mean to get green carpets i think oh, mom and dad accident? yeah mom and dad were looking at samples and i think they meant to get some beige colored carpets um but then they installed it and they were green <laughs> It was like meant to be beige? I think so. Or like gray, gray, beige, what? some neutral color. How did they yeah, mess that up so bad? Some <laughs> I could see a dark gray um, and that green getting mixed up under certain anyway, like, circumstances. Got, Mom and dad <laughs> made those kind of mistakes. It got installed and I came home and I was like, what? <laughs> <laughs> but now, now that we have a bunch of house plants, it fits. Oh, it does. It, yeah. like, and after we painted the walls beige, like it's so warm and the dark wood, it's... Dark wood. It's weird. Wood. The, from no dark mm. wood from the baby grand piano. Oh, it okay, fits okay. really well. I think, in my opinion, like I love the vibes of our house now. It's unique with the green carpet. Oh, I'm sure and, as a kid I would have been oh, hella embarrassed by it, <laughs> but now I'm just like, wow, our house is. We have a pink bathroom. We have <laughs> that one's so questionable. Okay, I don't, I don't we need know to change that, that one. one. <laughs> it's like neon it's purple. Hot. Yeah. Pink. Yeah. Or, purple yeah yeah it's like a very bright purple and yeah. that was my mistake oh that was your choice that, I was, that was mom's decision no. I, also thought it was mom. I think i'm 90 percent sure it was me we tried green at first like the green that we have in the basement um which is also like I a neon green, green <laughs> yeah. i don't know which one's uh, worse actually but but yeah it's it none of I it goes together either our kitchen yeah. we have like we a have red, red accent red, accents yeah. that to was it. from my room because i painted my room that color and i think that also used Is to your be room still that color no i painted oh, yeah, it white ages say, ago it was mm, not a it. dark red room <laughs> yeah no. yeah it gave like horror movie vibes, vibes. Yeah. Yeah. No. i don't know why room. you would ever want that i was in middle it's school too okay. i think yeah. our room our bedroom is like i like it it's very um it's boyish and young childish boy. yeah, yeah. Mm. every young boy wants a like a blue room yeah exactly you know? mm -hmm. it's like this yeah ocean voyage i think is the was the color blue it's very nostalgic i don't, I don't sure. know what it is i remember I um, like the blue. but it's really interesting because now i mean you see this in a lot of popular medias like everyone wants to say that they came out from nothing came up from mm -hmm. nothing you know Pull started from the mud by the yeah, yeah, yeah. type beat yeah mm -hmm. Cause then it kind of signifies that if you came from less and you've achieved this much, that signifies that you've done more with your life mm. Um, mm -hmm. than other people have. Cause I think there's been a lot of criticism of nepotism babies too. It's just like where things were just handed to you mm. and you didn't have to work for anything. Whereas yeah. people now kind of value when people are able to do things for themselves. And, I, and that's part of the American dream, right? Being mm. able to come from, 
nothing but be able to achieve as much as like anyone else had the chance to achieve right and i think people at least gen zers like struggle brings across character development as well i don't know if that's a gen z thing i think a lot of people love bragging about struggles. It was a, mm-hmm. it was, it's a toxic mindset to have. But I remember in college, a lot of people would love to, maybe not brag, but they would love to complain about how much or how busy they are and how stressed oh, out they are. Okay. Yeah. Is that uh, just me. because you went to a like a high achieving <laughs> private school? Though? Um, that's because yeah, you went yeah. pre med. You yeah. go to business school? No, not the <laughs> same no, thing. and it was yeah. a toxic mindset because mm. like people who weren't as stressed they would feel like oh what are they doing to be so stressed to get ahead you know like what are they doing that i'm not doing and why am i not as stressed as them so then you put Mm -hmm. yourself into more activities and starting to involve yourself more just so that you can also feel like you're keeping up yeah yeah Yeah. that's interesting you don't see that at all not at ohio state really yeah Hmm. people value the balance now i think oh that's good Maybe yeah. it's a generational thing. Maybe people are just more I think healthy about. There are certain niche communities where that, or not niche, but like certain communities of high achievers mm. when they're all bundled together. Yeah, you always like find high achievers yeah. somewhere. Yeah. Comparison mindset. Mm-hmm. Especially when it's competitive, especially for pre med. I feel like pre meds like to compare themselves. Pre meds are pretty toxic. Yeah. yeah. But that's just because you have to apply for the same med schools and it, it's. Yeah, it's it an it's an like it's an inherently talk or it's an inherently competitive field. Yeah, because there's a large pool of people that want this certain profession. There's only such a limited number of spots, so that mm-hmm. you're inevitably competing against each other for those spots. Right. Yeah. Okay. Another note. I don't know if that's the... true for any other profession. Sorry. Mm-hmm. It. It kind of feels the same in like the finance world exactly limited number of spots it i mean the culture of our business school was cutthroat too Mm -hmm. like it was Mm. very much it felt like a zero-sum game where if you did well in a class that means i'm not gonna do well in the class Mm. because of the curve or if you Mm -hmm. get this job that's one less position that i could take so similar toxic mindset that i'm glad i'm no longer in but i don't know the competing to be as stressed out as you can be. I don't think that aspect existed in my school or class. Okay. That's fair. Rachel, you were going to say something. Yeah. Yeah, I was going to say you were talking about people bragging about their struggles. Yes. I've seen a lot Mm. of things where people go through some traumatic event and other people will comment like, Oh, now you have a college essay. Mm, Wow. Yeah. That's toxic. Yeah. I'm not going to lie. I, I've been like, Dang, I wish I struggled more so I had something more interesting to write about for my college mm-hmm. essay. But I realize, but that's true though. Yeah. College admissions they love loves, stories. They love stories. They love stories, but mm-hmm. I realize that you can tell a good compelling story without like anybody can tell a good compelling story. Mm-hmm. Like you don't have to have gone through some crazy experience right. to tell a compelling story. Right. But it's definitely easier if you've been through shit. Yeah. You know? Yeah. It's just more explicit. Yeah. Yeah. It's more obvious. But then, like, mm-hmm. there are some ubiquitous stories that people can tell. And now what's becoming cliche in, like, med school admissions is, like, and this has always been cliche, mm-hmm. is, like, writing about a loved one becoming sick and, like, mm. 
navigating the medical um, the medical field, like with a loved one going through a certain illness, because the ubiquitous nature of illness and health issues, everyone has a story that has to do something with like mm -hmm. people going through or navigating the, the medical field. Now I work in med school admissions or I help interview kids for med school admissions. Those stories never compel me. Like are you people making who decisions? Are I don't make oh. the final decision, but I get to contribute like, oh, oh like, nice. do I recommend this person to be mm. accepted? Do yeah. I think this person should be waitlisted or rejected? They weigh my decision in, but I don't get the final say. Having seen as many uh, med school applications as I have, I realized that there are just so many, like when you're writing these essays, you don't realize how common your experience is. But mm -hmm. it's kind of weird because do you want, like, is it beneficial to the medical profession to accept kids with unique experiences? Yeah. Same with college. Like, do you really want someone who's super well-rounded? Okay. So I, I feel like one of my, I, I see this as a personal flaw and as a, a positive characteristic. <laughs> yeah, I see this as both a flaw and a positive characteristic about myself where I am almost so well-rounded that I'm not particularly good at any one thing. Mm. Like oh, I am yeah. above average at like 20 different things, but I'm not like 99th percentile at anything, mm -hmm. any of those 20 things. Mm -hmm. So it's, it's like the jack of all trades, master, master of none, none, right? Yeah. And the phrase keeps going. And I feel like for... I don't remember the second half of the phrase, so I'm going to stop Andrew. it there. We'll throw it up on the screen. Um, oh, it says, it's something about how being the jack of all trades is better than the... Master of one. Mas oh, but still uh, better than the master, master of one. Yeah. yeah. Mm. But jack of all trades better than the master of one. Yeah. yeah. There it is. So maybe at the end of the day, this is a positive characteristic rather mm -hmm. than a flaw. Yeah. No, life is more fun when you, you can, can enjoy a lot, a lot of yeah. different varieties of life. Yeah, but I'm thinking that, like, personally, like, if I were to go see, if I were to have, like, let's say, like, uh, a gallstone, uh, maybe not a gallstone, or something more complicated, like, say I have, like, a pancreatic gastronoma and I need it to be surg Good. surgically removed, or, like, I have, like, a... I have a brain tumor, like an astrocytoma okay. or something. Yeah. Like, yeah. obviously, yeah. I, want, yeah. I want someone who is the best of the best right. to do the procedure for me. I don't want some multidimensional jack-of-all-trades <laughs> person to do that procedure. Yeah. I want the neurosurgeon who has no hobbies, who has no <laughs> interests outside of medicine. Lives and dies by brain tumors. Yes, the yeah. person who, like, knows this procedure, like the back of his hand, mm -hmm. to do that procedure for me. And I think... That's why I chose not to do neurosurgery because that's what I was interested in prior to medical school. And mm -hmm. I was like, you literally, if you want to be the best at a, a complicated surgical practice, mm -hmm. you literally have to dedicate your life to it. And you have nothing else that you can really, people sacrifice their families, like right. not literally, but like they sacrifice <laughs> family time. Oh man. <laughs> they Did it take it yeah, literally? Yeah. <laughs> I don't think anyone took it they literally. Yeah. They sacrificed so much. They sacrificed like, for the, organs. I, like both of my, like I had a few neurosurgeon mentors of mine. They were just always telling me like, yeah, you can, I can't even count how many Christmases that I've missed with my family. Dang. And like Sad. how many holidays yeah. I've missed with my kids. And I was right. like, wow. Like, and they say it with pride because they're like, this is like. That brings them fulfillment. Yeah. 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 This is like how much. I am willing to sacrifice to be the best surgeon right. there is. 
and to save lives yeah. to be honest like that's the surgeon i want if i ever have like right any medical complications that's yeah. fair yeah partners at my firm would sacrifice the same thing to be the best consultant out there <laughs> Oh, See, that's, that's a little less <laughs> meaningful. That's a little different. So, uh, and that's why I left that career path. Yeah. So and now yeah. I've realized all the career choices that I've made so far have been so that I can so that I can further diversify and invest into other aspects of who I am mm. rather than just specializing in one very specific thing. So instead of becoming a neurosurgeon, I was like, oh, I want to do a specialty where... I have a lot of free time outside of my clinical practice. So there are plenty of clinical practices where the stakes are not nearly as high and mm -hmm. you don't have to be super specialized or super skilled to do that certain profession. Mm -hmm. And so those are kind of the specialties that more so pique my interest now. I don't think I've ever had a desire to be the best of the best. I think I there was an inkling of it when I first started violin and like a lot of people were like, oh my gosh, child prodigy. I wasn't that good. I think I was just better than average as a four-year-old. Mm. Um, and so I was like, ah, what if I became a professional violinist? But that fizzled out very quickly because I realized very quickly I didn't have like the passion or the discipline to be able to do that. Um, and I think after recognizing that, I could recognize that in a lot of different aspects of things that I was interested in mm. and recognizing, mm. oh, I don't have the passion nor the discipline um, to be the best of the best at one yeah. particular thing. Yeah, I think every time I start a new hobby, I want to be the best of the best. But then I realize how much effort goes into that mm -hmm. and like how I'd have to focus and specialize super hard at that one activity in order for me to be the best. And then I'm like, again, it's like I can't sacrifice my other interests and my other hobbies in order to be the best right. at this one. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So that's kind of where I stop. Cool. Anyways, we're going to be checking back in later tonight talking about some other stuff ripping through countless episodes of this podcast this weekend um, yeah. but yeah tune in next time for the next episode of the rooftop pod thank you all for joining us i'm your host jesse checking out and with me is my sister rachel and my brother andrew and we will catch you on the next episode of the rooftop pod peace <laughs>